helped to preach is transitioning from worship to speaking, right? I think I'm always trying to figure out how to do that better because I think that um, there's a there's such a great. I mean, you're in the you're we're in the presence of God when we preach too, and in the Word, right? So I'm not gonna. And we're always in the presence of God, but there's something about worship and the time that we praise Him and sing songs to God. It just fills your heart up. It, I don't, you know, stuff like that. And so I, it's always a challenge coming up, and then like coming from that to. I feel full, I would say. That's, that's not the challenge, but just the transition of that. And so I don't know if you guys feel that, so I just wanted to share that because that's an awkward thing probably sometimes. But um, So last week uh, we've been going through this series called Light, and if you miss Kim and Vicky, you only have to put up with me for two more weeks, so just so you know. So praise God, right? Uh, we've been talking about light, and uh, last week we talked about light overcoming darkness. We talked a lot about the world that we live in, how dark it is, how the moral decay in our society the persecution that's going on, the uh, orphan children, uh, things like that. Those are kind of dark things in our world that we live in. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about walking in the light. So there's a dark world that we live in. Well, it, when we walk in this world that's dark, how do we walk in the light? So I have um, done a lot of study on this, and I have been a Christian since I was 18, so that's been about almost, wow, 18 years. So it's, I've done this for a while. Some of you guys have walked longer than me, so you may have more wisdom in this area than me. But uh, what, I've, what I can understand, I will share with you this morning. And uh, a lot of the study that I did on the word light, I will be sharing some of those verses with you. So this may not be uh, an exact, uh, you know, like I might not be going exactly through John chapter 1 or a specific verse, but I'll have a bunch of different verses, and these are ones that have spoken to me, and I hope that they're going to speak to you. So that being said... Um, I just wanted to share these two verses right away. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. We've already heard this this morning, but we're going to read it again because we're going to be in here. And also 1 John chapter 1, 5 through 7. So if you have a Bible, you can grab one under your seat or under your neighbor's seat, or you can look on the electronic Bible on the screen. All right? Sound good? All right. Everybody doing good? Say, I am doing good if you're doing good. All right, amen. I like people that respond to me, just so you know that. So, all right. In the beginning was the Word, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it, extinguished it, or it does not comprehend it. Those are some other words for that. And then go to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7 with me. It'll be up on the screen there. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, I heard a huge amen in the first service, so I was waiting to see if I was going to hear an amen there. Um, can I read that again, then can you guys respond with an amen? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Man, okay, we're, we're doing better with this, okay? When Kim comes back, you'll be like, I forgot what we used to do because Casey likes that. But anyways, all right. So um, when we're walking, 
sometimes we fall, right? Um, America's Funniest Home Videos has ruined my parenting. I don't know. Has anybody else been ruined by America's Funniest Videos? Anybody watch that show? Am I the only one? Okay. Because every time my kids are doing something and they're walking and they're trying to do life, they trip over their toy cars, they do something, hit their face on something, and I just start laughing. Now, I know that's terrible because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian dad, right? I shouldn't be laughing at my kids. And, but it's just, you know, I laugh at that stuff so much that it just happens, and I can't help it. So it even happens when we're on youth retreats and a kid does something, you know, they're not supposed to be doing, and they fall on a, off a roof or something. And I'm just like, ah, wait, I'm not supposed to be laughing at that. Um, but, it, but as we walk, we sometimes fall, right? You've seen the people that are walking down the stairs, and all of a sudden, whoop, and they fall, you know, and you, you're like, are you okay? You know, you're half laughing, but you're trying not to because you don't want them to think you're laughing at them, right? So, um, but in this life, we fall sometimes, right? We're trying to live out this life. We're trying to live in the light. We're trying to walk in the light, but we just fall sometimes. We get overcome by things. Things overpower us. We kind of think, well, uh, if, if I could just be done with this at some point, God, please, you know? And yet, still stuff overpowers and overcomes us. And so, I'm going to share some points with you about walking in the light this morning. And here they are um, as, as we fall and as we get back up. And so, point number one is you are a target. You're just a target in this life. Um, that sounds pretty... Uh, like it's a defensive mechanism, or you start living as a victim because you go, well, I'm a target, so whatever, you know. I'm just going to let arrows hit me because I can't do anything about it. Um, but here's what the verse, uh, Psalm 11:2 says. David was hiding in Psalm 11 uh, from enemies, and he was uh, saying this prayer to God, kind of a, kind of a you know, uh, man, Lord, these guys are coming after me. And so 11:2 says, For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. So, if you are in Christ, you are upright in heart, okay? I don't care how your week's been. I don't care how much you've struggled. I don't, I don't care how much you feel like you've walked in and you're in darkness. You're upright in heart when you receive Jesus Christ. You, are the, you become light. Light has come into your life. You are a new creation. Remember that. Don't forget that because that's huge in our Christian walk. And we know that, but it's good to remind ourselves of that on Sunday morning. Amen? Because the week has been long and it's been challenging. And so, um, now what the problem is with, with arrows coming is they're coming from the dark. All right? If arrows are coming from the dark, how do you see that? That's a challenge of our life. These arrows, these fiery arrows that Satan is shooting are coming from, from dark. We don't see them. Um, how many of you guys went on the women's retreat or the men's retreat? A few of you, a lot of you. That was, that was a great time. Do any of you remember going out and shooting the bow and arrow? How many of you guys did really well? I'm not going to raise my hand. <laughs> I just, I'm raising my hand because you guys are. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, you know, if the target started to move, how many of you guys would do well? Larry's like me. I know Larry. He's a gamesman, man. He'd be like, I'm all about that. If the target starts moving, it's harder to hit. You know, if you're walking in the light, it's harder to hit you. The arrows of Satan are harder to hit you. Even though you're a target, and even though you're, you're, um, you're a bullseye for Satan and his fiery darts, 
You know, if you're walking, it's harder to hit you. If you're walking in the light, it's harder to hit you. You know, um, in our life, you know the thing about a fiery dart? It does this. If you get hit by a fiery dart, you're walking, and you're like, oh, man, I'm doing so good. I'm doing great. I, I just overcame this. Listen to the words here. I overcame this. I earned this job. I earned this thing. The fiery arrow of pride is hitting you big time, and it's consuming. And what does fire do? It consumes everything in its path. So when it talks about fiery darts from Satan, which we'll, which we'll see in Ephesians chapter 6 here, these darts consume us, and they'll consume our soul if we don't watch out. And so we're a target. And so, uh, so point number one, you're a target. Point two, God shows me the arrows in my life. He says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. I will not forsake my people. I would, I would end that with. And so here's a verse in Isaiah talking about God showing us our arrows. How many of you guys like to go to the movies? I don't know if a lot of you do, but I'm, I like movies. I'm a, I have Netflix at home because I like movies. I'm a movie guy. I really like documentaries lately. Um, but see, the thing is, if, if you probably wouldn't go to movies if you didn't see a trailer, right? Or if you see a horrible movie trailer on TV, you're like, I'm not going to that movie because that's going to be horrible. And, and the same thing, this is what God does in our life. He shows us the arrows, the things that are darkness in our own life so that we don't have to walk in them we don't have to go to a bad movie. We don't have to go to the bad place and we can walk in God's light. And so just like that, that's what God does in our life. And so, and point number three, he protects us from the arrows. Uh, in Psalm 11, 1, it says, In the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? In Ephesians six sixteen, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, which you can extinguish all, which you can extinguish all. Did you get that? Which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows, not just some of them, not just the ones where you think you're winning right now in your life. No, it says all of them you can extinguish. And so, come on, we're, we got this power of God living in us. And I watched a show called The Deadliest War. Anybody watch Deadliest Warrior? Anybody, we're, we're guys. This is like this is the this is the thing to watch if you're a guy. If you've never seen Deadliest Warrior, you gotta like find it on the internet or something. It is so cool. Like they pit these they pit these uh, people that have fought wars in the past and the warriors of our past lives, and they pit them against each other to see who's the better warrior. And so in the process of this, they they have these guys that are like gurus of weapons and stuff, and they'll test out all the weapons that these guys fought with and so I love it it's so cool they have like these amazing knives and swords they have these shields that are like that are amazing and always they pit these guys against each other and when they do that there's there's always a guy that has a better sword there's always a guy that has a better weapon there's always a guy that has a better shield there's some kind of something that helps him to win in battle and so um so by the end of the show you find out who is the deadliest warrior that's that's what the end of the show is all about. And so, um, and so I, I liken that to this, is that um, only the guy that has a really good shield, usually, wins. And usually it's the guy that has the good armor or the good shield that wins. The guy that's protected. When God says he protects us from his arrows, he, 
he, he takes the arrows for us. And when we, when we look at a shield, we're looking at, we should be looking at the cross of Christ in our life as a shield over us that protects us and keeps us and holds us. And when the arrows come, you're like, well, Jesus took that arrow for me. I don't need it. I don't need to let those arrows hit me because Jesus took that arrow. The power of Christ lives in me. And so, um, and so we, he protects us from the arrows is the point number three. And point number four, this is what we all should say, I will always get up. I will always get up. I don't care how many arrows I take. I don't care how much I get beat down. I will always get up. It says in Micah 7, 8, Micah the prophet says this. He says, do not gloat over me. And I like to look at that and say, do not laugh at me. Do not laugh at my destruction. Do not chuckle at my, like, you know, like that evil laugh. Like, can anybody do an evil laugh? I can't do an evil laugh. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like gloating over your, or over your destruction. Like Satan likes to gloat over us. He likes to, he likes to, he likes to go, ha, you failed. Ha, 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 you failed. Just think about his face when you're, when you're in a moment of temptation or you're in a moment and he's laughing at you and, 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 and you're just like, I don't want him to laugh at me because I live in the light. I live in the glory of God. I don't want Satan to be laughing at me. So don't and do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. So at this time in this passage of Scripture, actually, it's Israel, and they're kind of living in a darkness because they have been kind of judged by God, and they're living in a dark place. But they say, hey, Micah's like, people, do not, don't let this enemy gloat over you. Though you have fallen, you will rise because your God is coming. The light of the world is coming. Do not, do not allow him to laugh at you because he will not laugh for long. And someday the last laugh will be with us because we will never have to deal with temptation or sin or darkness in our life ever again. We will have the final say because of what Christ has done in our life. Amen? And so the, and so the, uh, the point here. So I will always get up. Well, what does that mean? When I, when I, um, I will always get up. This, this works out with, uh, before God with confession. You know, I think that some people believe that confession is a lost thing. Um, I don't believe that you have to come to me with all of your sin. Okay, don't do that, please. I don't. If you want to share what you're going through with me, I would love to hear it. You know how I am. I'm a counselor at heart. I'm a personal relationship person. And so I... I I totally will sit down with you and listen to your life story and all that, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to, like, I don't have to sit in a box and you confess all your sins and then I go, you say this many prayers and you're forgiven. You go before the Lord and confess. I, I believe that some people believe that confession is not needed anymore because they say, well, if Jesus forgave your sins past, present, and future, then you're already forgiven, so why do you have to keep confessing stuff to him? You don't confess to receive heaven. You confess to walk. Your confession is all about your relationship with God. Has, it has, it, it, your confession of Christ and your forgiveness that came when you received him, that's signed, sealed, delivered. The confession that happens after that is your walk. It's how you're walking with the Lord. It's, 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 it's looking at your sin like John Piper says this. John Piper's a good preacher, by the way. Better than me. But he says... 
Walking in the light means seeing things the way God sees them and responding the way he does. We walk in the light when we hate the sin we fall into and name it for the ugly thing it is and agree with God about it and turn from it. So confessing sin is a crucial part of walking in the light. So if you're going to rise, you fall. What happens in your life is when you, when you get overwhelmed with your own darkness and your own sin and your own sinfulness, your knees start to tremble and you find yourself on your knees. Because the only way that you're going to rise is if you fall. The only way you're going to rise up is if you get on your knees because we know that we're not perfect. We know that we're not right. The only way we're going to walk in this light as we continue to get on our knees, we'll continue to rise up. And church, we can rise up. There's this disciple song that I love. Like, we're about to rise up. And they get crazy. And, and I just love it. And it, it just pumps me up because I'm like, we're rising up. We're not living in the darkness anymore. We're not living by the standards of this world. We're not living by our own darkness. We're going to rise up and be victorious. And so, um, so all of that to be said, here's kind of the main point of the morning. And uh, we need a fresh revelation on a daily basis to walk in the light. So you need, if you want to write that down, that might be helpful to you, whatever, but we need a fresh revelation on a daily basis to walk in the light. So what does this mean? Does this mean, uh, let me think, revelation, you're talking about the book of Revelation, right? I got to read the book of Revelation every day. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I need something new that I haven't learned before. Sometimes you need a new revelation in that way. But really what I think this comes down to is is um, that we need to really see God for who he really is. We need to see God for how powerful he is, for one. I think we live, I think we live in a world that takes God and makes him like this itty-bitty ant. People are going to pay for that. and I, I, don't, I hope they don't. I hope people are saved and redeemed, but Satan's going to pay for that, and, and, and all the darkness that has come into our world is going to pay for that. But God's big. He's powerful. He's glorious. And so there's one thing I know that when I feel like, man, I'm just, I'm not seeing Jesus for who he is. I'm seeing him more as like this human being or people that say, well, he was just a good human being or, or he was just, um, he was just the best person. He was such a peaceful man. He was whatever. And I go, would you read the transfiguration for me? You, t- you read the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17 and you tell me that this is just a good man. So we're going to read it this morning. This, is, this gives us, this is, this is the fresh revelation that I'm talking about right here in the transfiguration. And it's Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. There's also a verse up there in Exodus 34 where um, God shows Moses who he is. God, Moses says, show me your glory. And God um, has him hide in the cleft of the rock and then passes by because if you see God, you're going to die. And so Moses got to experience that. So if you want to read that, you can do that. But I just want to read Matthew 17 this morning. It says, uh, it says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. Okay? So I want you to remember John. Okay? Because there's going to be a point with John. So in your mind, go John, John, John. Not John Jacob, Jinkelheimer Schmidt. Some of you are singing that right now. I'm serious. Are you? I know you are. I know you are. So, John. And so Matthew 17, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. All right? So he was transformed from his human 
state that he was in. He was fully God, fully man, but he was transformed into his glorious state, okay? So they're going to get to see this glorious state of God. And so it says, uh, transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter says to Jesus, because Peter doesn't know how to not talk, right? I think that's me sometimes, just being honest. Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Wow. It's powerful. Turn to Revelation chapter 1. It'll be up on the screen. Actually, it's not up on the screen. Turn to, if you have a Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 1. So here's, here's John again. So John got to be in this transfigured moment on earth. Now John is uh, in a vision. He's whisked up to heaven. And here's what he sees. I turned around me. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. So, so Jesus is speaking to John. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. John says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me, and he said, Do not be afraid. Remember that word? He said, do not be afraid. I am the first. I am the, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. So the one that holds the keys to death and Hades is Jesus. And so here he is, and, and to get a fresh revelation we need this to reveal not just, so a fresh revelation looks like this. It's not just something that's in here. It's something that goes in here. This is how you walk in light when your heart begins to move with what's in your mind. Because if we believe something with our mind, it doesn't always change how we live, does it? I believe a lot of stuff in my mind that's not true. But what I believe when it comes down to this level, when it starts going beep, 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 into my heart, I start to walk in the light. And the reason why we need a fresh revelation is because we get like these guys. We sin, we fall in the darkness, and we get overcome, and then we kind of get afraid of God. So we need this fresh revelation that even it's... To, to, to get him and to understand that when, when, when we come to him and we fall on our knees before him, that he touches us. He says, don't be afraid. I have come to save and redeem you. I have come to put light in you. I have come to use you 
to save people. I have come that you might have life and life to the fullest. Amen? So this is who, this is who Jesus is. And so we need, this, we need this fresh revelation daily. And so um, here's where I'm going to preach a little bit because I, I want to. John Piper says, I answer that a powerless gospel is not good news. A gospel that only wins lip service is not different than all the other philosophies of the world. Such a gospel produces a Christianity that is a game of words. It encourages lukewarm churchgoers that they are safe from God's wrath because of some inherited mental assent to the love of God. Such a gospel accounts for how 40 million people can claim to be born again in America at the same time that our moral condition is at an all-time low of corruption inside and outside the church. Whew. So here's, here's, what, here's what happens. So church, here's what, here's, what, here's what Jesus came to do. He came not only to cover sin, but to conquer it. He came not only to forgive, but to free us from the power of sin. Somebody better be saying amen. He came not only to give us eternal life in heaven, but life joyful and abundant here on earth. He came not only to be a light, but that we might walk in his light in him. He came not only to make us right with God, but to make us right with each other. He came not only to save us, but to cleanse us from all the filth and decay and death in our life. That's a powerful gospel, amen? Because I see a lot of people like, I'm a Christian. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your Christianity, what that means. Now, I understand we all stumble and we all fall, and I get that, and that's part of walking. You're going to fall. But we should be having victory in our life, amen? Because we have this powerful God that, that is not just a man. He is fully God, fully man. God in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that is power. That's glory, and, and we can walk in this. So be encouraged, church, because uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes says this, Even, Indeed, if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all. Let him rejoice in them all. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm not, I don't rejoice every day. Paulette knows. I'm in the office with her. She knows I don't rejoice every day. I, I don't think I do. So rejoice in them all, and let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Wow. The days of darkness are going to be many. That's encouraging, isn't it? Is that encouraging? I think that's encouraging. That was way encouraging for me. When I read that, I'm like, really? Whoa, sweet. That shouldn't be encouraging, should it? But it really is because you understand that life is going to be tough. Sin is going to be a contest, a battle, a struggle every day. That, <coughs> that we are going to run into people that are going to try to put us down in our faith. We're going to run into people that are going to someday try to probably kill us for our faith. We are going to have dark moments in our life. i got a dark moment right now. My wife is laying on the ground of our house every day for two weeks. I mean, it's dark. But even though it's dark, she's rejoicing because you guys are praying. I know some of you guys have been in dark spots, and you, 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 call, you call me on the phone, and you go, I'm just, I'm just done with Jesus. I'm like, why? You can't be done. Like he's the only light. How can you be done? And then I talk to you for a little bit, and you're like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just living in some tough stuff right now. Well, he's the only way out. Don't, don't give up on him. He's the only way out right now. He's the light of the world. And so be encouraged, even though many days will be dark on this earth. 
rejoice in them all. And the reason why we can rejoice is because we're forgiven, because we're free, because we're loved, because we're God's children. We are sons of light and sons of the day. We are not, not of the night nor of the darkness, First Thessalonians 5.5. 5. We are sons of light and sons of the day. That's why we can rejoice. We're not going to walk in darkness forever. We're not going to walk in this dark world forever. We're going to walk in heaven side by side with the glory of God. We're going to walk with the Son that came and redeemed us and gave us new life. If you have received Jesus, that's the reality that someday you will walk hand in hand. You will walk with him in heaven in glory. And right now, it's not just in heaven, it's right now you walk in glory. You walk hand in hand with the living God. That's what we do. We're living that life out right now, every day. Whew! So, so let's not walk as we are living by the night, but let's walk as sons and daughters of the day. Amen? Because here's the thing. Uh, we can choose. We can choose how much light comes out of our life. We have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in us. We have the fullness of God living in us. Come on. We can choose how much light's going to come out. We can choose darkness if we wish, because God gave us free will, right? But it's like this kid that was in my youth group. He said, why is my life so miserable? My mentor said, because he got baptized. I'm like, really? I didn't think of that. <laughs> I would have said that to him. But he said, you got baptized into Christ. You are in him. Your life's going to be miserable until you stop living in darkness, until you start looking at your sin the way that God does. That's the truth. And so we have a choice to make, church. Are we going to let the light emulate more out of us, or are we going to live in darkness? Because the people that are living in this world need to see light. They can't look at a church and go, wow, those people... And I wish they were living the way that Jesus says to live. I wish they were doing what God called them to do. I wish they were doing this. No, they need us. And next week we're going to talk about that more because we're going to talk about practical ways of living out the light in our world today. All right? Cool? All right. Well, um, before I dismiss you to Connection Cafe, I um, just want to invite you to come back to hear that message next week. And then... Um, and then after this video, I'm going to invite you to go back and eat some food and get some coffee or water or whatever you prefer, apple juice. Um, I would ask you to do this. I would ask you to visit with someone you haven't talked to in a long time or you haven't seen. Try to go and see somebody like that you, you don't know, like somebody here that's new. If somebody is new here and they're sitting by themselves, we don't want to do that. Amen? I just Can I be honest? I do that with my youth group all the time. I'm like, if there are people that are here that are sitting by themselves, let's, let's sit with them. Let's love them. They came to this place to find God, to find life. Maybe they already have God, but they came for fellowship and friendships too. And so let's do that. Amen? 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 All right. So, um, so we're going to close like this. Just, I want you to uh, watch this video. This is a Carrie Job song. And... Uh, and when the video's done, I invite you to leave the service and, and get some goodies. And uh, just reflect upon your relationship with God in this video and how you are a son and daughter of the day and not of the night, and you are his in Christ Jesus. Go in peace and love and serve the Lord.